0: Chapter 2 of *Peveril of the Peak by Sir Walter Scott. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Dion Gines, Lake City, Utah. Chapter 2 Why then we will have bellowing of beeves, broaching of barrels, brandishing of spigots? Blood shall flow freely, but it shall be gore of herds and flocks, and venison and poultry joined to the brave heart's blood of john a barleycorn old play whatever rewards charles might have condescended to bestow in acknowledgment of the sufferings and loyalty of peveril of the peak he had none in his disposal equal to the pleasure which providence had reserved for bridgenorth on his return to derbyshire the exertion to which he had been summoned had had the usual effect of restoring to a certain extent the activity and energy of his character and he felt it would be unbecoming to relapse into the state of lethargic melancholy from which it had roused him time also had its usual effect in mitigating the subjects of his regret and when he had passed one day at the hall in regretting that he could not expect the indirect news of his daughter's health which sir Geoffrey used to communicate in his almost daily call he reflected that it would be in every respect becoming that he should pay a personal visit at martindale castle carry thither the remembrances of the night to his lady assure her of his health and satisfy himself respecting that of his daughter he armed himself for the worst he called to recollection the thin cheeks faded eye wasted hand pallid lip which had marked the decaying health of all his former infants i shall see he said these signs of mortality once more i shall once more see a beloved being to whom I have given birth, gliding to the grave which ought to enclose me long before her. No matter, it is unmanly to long to shrink from that which must be. God's will be done. He went accordingly on the subsequent morning to Martindale Castle and gave the lady the welcome assurances of her husband's safety and of his hopes of preferment for the first may almighty god be praised said the lady peveril and be the other as our gracious and restored sovereign may will it we are great enough for our means and have means sufficient for contentment though not for splendor and now i see good master bridgenorth the folly of putting faith in idle presentiments of evil so often had sir jeffrey's repeated attempts in favour of the stuarts led him into new misfortunes that when the other morning i saw him once more dressed in his fatal armour and heard the sound of his trumpet which had been so long silent it seemed to me as if i saw his shroud and heard his death-knell i say this to you good neighbour the rather because i fear your own mind has been harassed with anticipations of impending calamity which it may please god to avert in your case as it has done in mine and here comes a sight which bears good assurance of it the door of the apartment opened as she spoke and two lovely children entered the eldest julian a fine boy betwixt four and five years old led in his hand with an air of dignified support and attention a little girl of eighteen months who rolled and tottered along keeping herself with difficulty upright by the assistance of her elder stronger and masculine companion bridge north cast a hasty and fearful glance upon the countenance of his daughter and even in that glimpse perceived with exquisite delight that his fears were unfounded he caught her in his arms pressed her to his heart and the child though at first alarmed at the vehemence of his caresses presently as if prompted by nature smiled in reply to them again he held her at some distance from him and examined her more attentively he satisfied himself that the complexion of the young cherub he had in his arms was not the hectic tinge of disease but the clear hue of ruddy health and that though her little frame was slight it was firm and springy i did not think that it could have been thus he said looking to lady peveril who had sat observing the scene with great pleasure but praise be to god in the first instance and next thanks to you madam who have been his instrument julian must lose his playfellow now i suppose said the lady but the hall is not distant and i will see my little charge often dame martha the housekeeper at moltrosi has sense and is careful i will tell her the rules i have observed with little alice and god forbid my girl should ever come to multrasi said major bridgenorth hastily it has been the grave of her race the air of the low grounds suited them not or there is perhaps a fate connected with the mansion i will seek for her some other place of abode that you shall not under your favour be it spoken major bridgenorth answered the lady if you do so we must suppose that you are undervaluing my qualities as a nurse if she does not go to her father's house she shall not quit mine i will keep the little lady as a pledge of her safety and my own skill and since you are afraid of the damp of the low grounds i hope you will come here frequently to visit her this was a proposal which went to the heart of major bridgenorth it was precisely the point which he would have given worlds to arrive at but which he saw no chance of attaining it is too well known that those whose families are long pursued by such a fatal disease as existed in his become it may be said superstitious respecting its fatal effects and ascribed to place circumstance and individual care much more perhaps than these can in any case contribute to avert the fatality of constitutional distemper lady peveril was aware that this was peculiarly the impression of her neighbour that the depression of his spirits the excess of his care the feverishness of his apprehensions the restraint and gloom of the solitude in which he dwelt were really calculated to produce the evil which most of all he dreaded she pitied him she felt for him she was grateful for former protection received at his hands she had become interested in the child itself what female fails to feel such interest in the helpless creature she has tended and to sum the whole up the dame had a share of human vanity and being a sort of lady bountiful in her way for the character was not then confined to the old and the foolish she was proud of the skill by which she had averted the probable attacks of hereditary malady so inveterate in the family of bridgenorth it needed not perhaps in other cases that so many reasons should be assigned for an act of neighborly humanity but civil war had so lately torn the country asunder and broken all the usual ties of vicinage and good neighborhood that it was unusual to see them preserved among persons of different political opinions major bridgenorth himself felt this and while the tear of joy in his eye showed how gladly he would accept lady peveril's proposal he could not help stating the obvious inconveniences attendant upon her scheme though it was in the tone of one who would gladly hear them overruled madam he said your kindness makes me the happiest and most thankful of men. But can it be consistent with your own convenience? Sir Geoffrey has his opinions on many points, which have differed and probably do still differ from mine. He is high-born, and I of middling parentage only. He uses the church service, and I the catechism of the Assembly of Divines at Westminster." i hope you will find prescribed in neither of them said the lady peveril that i may not be a mother to your motherless child i trust master bridgenorth the joyful restoration of his majesty a work wrought by the direct hand of providence may be the means of closing and healing all civil and religious dissensions among us and that instead of showing the superior purity of our faith by persecuting those who think otherwise from ourselves on doctrinal points we shall endeavour to show its real christian tendency by emulating each other in actions of good-will towards man as the best way of showing our love to god your ladyship speaks what your own kind heart dictates answered bridgenorth who had his own share of the narrow-mindedness of the time and sure am i that if all who call themselves loyalists and cavaliers thought like you and like my friend sir Geoffrey, this he added after a moment's pause being perhaps rather complimentary than sincere we who thought it our duty in time past To take arms for freedom of conscience and against arbitrary power might now sit down in peace and contentment but i wot not how it may fall you have sharp and hot spirits amongst you i will not say our power was always moderately used and revenge is sweet to the race of fallen adam come master bridgenorth said the lady peveril gaily those evil omenings do but point out conclusions which unless they were so anticipated are most unlikely to come to pass you know what shakespeare says to fly the boar before the boar pursues were to incense the boar to follow us and make pursuit when he did mean no chase but i crave your pardon it is so long since we have met that i forgot you love no play-books with reverence to your ladyship said bridgenorth i were much to blame did i need the idle words of a warwickshire stroller to teach me my grateful duty to your ladyship on this occasion which appoints me to be directed by you in all things which my conscience will permit since you permit me such influence then replied the lady peveril i shall be moderate in exercising it in order that i may in my domination at least give you a favourable impression of the new order of things so if you will be a subject of mine for one day neighbour i am going at my lord and husband's command to issue out my warrants to invite the whole neighbourhood to a solemn feast at the castle on thursday next and i not only pray you to be personally present yourself but to prevail on your worthy pastor and such neighbours and friends high and low as may think in your own way to meet with the rest of the neighbourhood to rejoice on this joyful occasion of the king's restoration and thereby to show that we are to be henceforward a united people the parliamentarian major was considerably embarrassed by this proposal he looked upward and downward and around cast his eye first to the oak carved ceiling and anon fixed it upon the floor then threw it around the room till it lighted on his child the sight of whom suggested another and a better train of reflections than ceiling and floor had been able to supply. Madam, he said, I have long been a stranger to festivity, perhaps from constitutional melancholy, perhaps from the depression which is natural to a desolate and deprived man, in whose ear mirth is marred like a pleasant air, when performed on a mistuned instrument but though neither my thoughts nor temperament are jovial or mercurial it becomes me to be grateful to heaven for the good he hath sent me by the means of your ladyship david the man after god's own heart did wash and eat bread when his beloved child was removed mine is restored to me and shall i not show gratitude under a blessing when he showed resignation under an affliction madam i will wait on your gracious invitation with acceptance and such of my friends with whom i may possess influence and whose presence your ladyship may desire shall accompany me to the festivity that our israel may be as one people Having spoken these words with an aspect which belonged more to a martyr than to a guest bidden to a festival, and having kissed and solemnly blessed his little girl, Major Bridgenorth took his departure for Moltrocity Hall. End of chapter two.